Ron and Ian with you. Travis Darno, Little D, is killing it. He had two home runs in a game recently. He had two hits yesterday with an RBI. Uh, two hits with a three-run homer on Saturday. He's now up to 259, playing great defensively behind the plate and hitting as well. So we're going to find out a little bit more background on Travis Darno, who came over from the Mets as we talk to Mark Roseman from Sports Talk New York, 540 AM. He also has written a book, Glove Story, Fathers, Sons, and the American Pastime, the connection that American men and their sons have with baseball. So we'll get into that. Uh, let's welcome Mark. Mark, how you doing, buddy? Good, Ron. How you doing? Good. Ron and Ian with you. And before we get started on your book, which I think is excellent, I was relaying how close my dad and I became when well, we were all our lives, but baseball kept us close. We're going to get into that. But let's talk about Travis Darno and why he was a free agent and he was available for the Rays to pick him up. Well, you'll see shortly why, because he shows these glimpses of being a top-flight catcher, and then he reverts to a 210 hitter, some power, defensive lapses. Uh, you're seeing the glimpses that we all did, but you know, don't get too excited because he's going to be another one of those long-line, you know, Met Tampa Bay catchers in the likes of Raul Casanova, Mike DeFelice, Brooke Fordyce. You know, the list goes on and on. Rene Rivera, Kelly Shopik. He is definitely no Wilson Ramos. So, you know, he'll give you a little bit, and then you're going to say, oh, now I see why the Dodgers let him go. The Mets, the Mets really messed up as well because they signed him and then released him and are on the hook for money where they should have just let him go, you know, at the end of last season. But um, he is very frustrating. And, you know, he's been traded for, you know, Cy Young Award winners in the past, and Everyone loves his promise, but he, you know, he's been around a long time and never consistently put it together. Uh, speaking of frustration, as a Mets fan, from 1 to 10, what is your level of frustration? You know what? I'm not that frustrated because right now, if you take a look at the Mets, all right, they still have 14 games against the Phillies, 15 games against the Braves. The ace of their staff right now is Jason Vargas. So if I had told you going into July – that DeGrom had not pitched up to his potential, that Syndergaard did not pitch up to his potential, that Matt and Wheeler did not pitch up to their potential, and they were only five games out of first place and still had 15 and 14 games against the teams they were trailing, and you, you think that those pitchers will start pitching to the back of their baseball card? I'm okay at this point. Uh, the guys that you know, they've, they've taken to fill in for the injuries have performed not great, but you're getting a little bit out of Gomez. You know, Matt Kemp, you might catch lightning in a bottle. You know, he's starting to hit a little bit down at AAA. Um, who knows if they'll even get anything out of Burvan Santana. He's down at, at Port St. Lucie right now. But, you know, five games out with that pitching staff, I, I'm feeling okay right now. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll be a Mets fan when they're playing the Yankees because the Rays and Yankees are tied for first place. Let's talk about your book, Glove Story, Father, Sons, and the American Pastime. Uh, is your father-son relationship with your dad have a lot to do with baseball, Mark? It, it has a lot to do with my, um, baseball, but more so, I think, my son and I. Basically, I, I coached my son in travel baseball for nine years. And then before I turned around, I realized it had been more years since I'd been on a field with him than I had been on a field. He just turned 30. And I, I, every single time I pass a baseball field, whether it be you know, back in my hometown, I, I flash back to Little League and my dad coming to the games, or any field on Long Island where I coach my son, I flash back to that. And I really wondered what 
baseball meant to other people, and especially the guys that have played, you know, Morian Bumpwells, uh, the Wallachs, uh, the, the Bufords. So I started reaching out to all of them and interviewing them, what baseball meant to their relationship. And then we carried it a step further, and we went to, you know, uh, Vice President Quayle and uh, comedy writer Alan Zwy Bell and Chaz Terry, Chip Carey, uh, Bob Costas, Howie Rose, and what it meant to them, and, and really found that there's such a common denominator that they, the bond is really forged between a father and son at a ball game, on a ball field, having a catch. And um, so to carry it full circle, you know, I wanted to be like the Griffies. I wanted to be able to be a teammate of my son after coaching him all those years. So we ended the book at Met Fantasy Camp with he and I as teammates to, to see what it would feel like after hearing the stories from, you know, the McCrays and the Griffies and what it was like in the Rangers to be on a team with your son, to be able to do that was the way we closed out the book. It's amazing to spend that time with your, with your son and growing No, I'm in here in Florida. My son grew up here and, you know, having grown, I grew up in Montreal, Canada, growing up playing baseball and all the other sports. Uh, obviously we have a lot of baseball players that come out of the Bay area, but I just don't see, kids playing at the park or on, you know, in front of their yards anymore playing baseball. Is it as prevalent anymore, or maybe is it diminishing a little bit the popularity of young kids playing baseball? You know, I thought about that as well, but, I, you know, I take the Long Island Railroad train on the way home, and I look out the window, and whenever you pass through any of these towns where all the baseball fields are, you see the little league kids out there, and, and there's still that, that joy of the kids fielding the ground balls and the dads hitting to them. Uh, it's not as big. I think travel baseball has really in somewhat impacted it because I think parents take their kids out of Little League at an earlier age because they're so competitive and they, they want them to, to be the best. And they're, they're dreaming of college scholarships when they're six and seven now as opposed to just letting them play. So I think that's taken a little chunk. But I think for the most part, Little League is still pretty strong. And it's still one of the staples of, of youth. I think every community has the Little League, and I think the, the Little League opening day parade is still something that kids all look back on and smile. This is pretty cool for Father's Day. Glove story, father, sons, and the American pastime. Um, give us some stories about guys like the Griffies. But before you do, you think about Bonds, Barry Bonds and uh, his father, uh, Bobby Bonds. And I remember reading um, a book either about Bobby Bonds or from Bobby Bonds. I'm not sure what it was, but that relationship was terrible from what I read that Barry really disliked his father. I think his father was an alcoholic, but did you get into that at all? We didn't do too much with Bonds because Bonds is somewhat unapproachable and Mm -hmm. we didn't want to take secondhand stories. Uh, Some of the ones that we've spoken to were obviously the Rangers because they, the, the, Believe it or not, people forget about the McCrays. The McCrays were really the first to do it, but it was an exhibition game. So how and you know and Brian McCray played together in a game, and you know they talk about it. And at the time, they weren't acutely aware of that it had never even been done. In fact, it had been done, and people don't know about this. It had been done in the Negro Leagues. The Duncan's actually were a father and son pitcher-catcher battery in the Negro Leagues for the Kansas City Monarchs. So it's ironic that McCray and, you know, Hal and Brian would do it again for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Timmy Raines told a great story about how he was traded in order to be able to do it, and he said that he, his son did not know about it, and he had gotten dressed and got there just in time for the teams warming up, 
and he said that Timmy Raines Jr. looked at him like he had saw a ghost. He saw, you know, Tim Raines coming at him in the Baltimore uniform, and it was like he had seen a ghost, and it, that was pretty amazing. The Griffies obviously being able to hit back-to-back home runs in a game is outstanding. But so many of them, like um, Bump Wills, tells a great story. Bump Wills credits his father for kind of tricking him into knowing that he could be a major leaguer. So Maury Wills basically gave Bump his uniform, you know, before the game, and they were just having a catch. And then Maury says, you know, go take infield. I, I got to go do an interview. So Bump goes out there when he's like 18 or 19, and he's warming up with the infield of Garvey, you know, say, <laughs> Russell, and Lopes, the, the golden infield. And he takes a flawless infield. And he walks off the field, and he realizes – you know, I can do this. I just took flawless infield with one of the best infields in baseball. Years later, he asked Maury, he said, you know, did you really have to do an interview that day? And Maury just smiled at him and goes, nope, not at all. Just wanted you to go out there and take infield. So it was Maury's way of passing the baton and, and understanding what it took to be a major leaguer. Uh, so many of the guys talked about just you know, their parents made it fun for them, and they were around the game so much as kids whether it be the Bells or the Boons. They, they were around the game their whole life because of their grandfather. So it came natural to them, you know, picking up a ball. And, and for the Bells and the Boons, it's interesting, they had a better connection with their grandfather because when they were growing up, their dads were still playing baseball. Their grandfather had been out. He, he was the one that worked with them. Very cool, man. Uh, father, sons, and the American pastime. Mark, we appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks so much, guys. All right, have a good one.